Welcome to the North Shore Station, episode 14. The playoffs are coming to an end. The Super Bowl is right on the horizon. We can see it from here, but first, the NFC Championship and the AFC Championship. The Packers versus the Bucks, the Chiefs versus the Bills. Plenty of storylines to talk about there. And we'll also be talking about the divisional round games. We'll be recapping those, talking about what went wrong with our predictions, what we got right maybe. And of course, looking forward to the Super Bowl and maybe even the offseason. Let's get right into it. All aboard, this is the North Shore Station. All right, we are back. Let's talk about the championship games. We need to get right into it. The Packers versus the Buccaneers. The Chiefs versus the Bills, the two number one seeds, not very surprising to most of us, are in the playoffs right now. The number one seed Packers and the number one seed Chiefs. They're both three-point favorites in this game, and I feel like this one could go either way with Patrick Mahomes, who, who could barely even walk after taking a rough hit in, the, in the, his last game. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Apparently, Mahomes is supposed to be practicing Wednesday, the January 20th, but it's uncertain right now. But Andy Reid... Chad Henney, let's talk about that play. Lucas, what were you thinking as a Browns fan when you see Andy Reid looking like he may just try to get him, draw him off sides and then punt it? What were you expecting there? I mean, yeah, I was expecting that exactly. I thought they were just going to draw him off sides, you know, uh, maybe give the give him a chance. You know, Baker didn't look great, crazy good. I think he was good. I think he made one big mistake was obviously the interception. They didn't give up points off of it. But to me, Andy Reid going for it, and throwing for it as well with Chad Henney not only shows his confidence in their backup quarterback, but it also shows he, he was afraid that Baker could win this game for us. And I think that's a positive thing to look at as a Cleveland fan, you know. People are around the league right now recognizing that Baker Mayfield is a quarterback who can win games and win playoff games. And I think that's one big reason that Andy Reid decided not to, to go for it and not to uh, you know, give the ball back to this Browns offense that was looking pretty good in the fourth quarter. We'll be talking plenty about the Chiefs, so let's just stick on the Browns for right now. Kevin Stefanski, he just got out-coached in that game, I think. It was pretty simple. I do still think that Kevin Stefanski is coach of the year. He really has changed the Browns, done a complete 180 on them. It's a new era in Cleveland, and Lucas, I think you were you kind of said it, that Baker Mayfield is the future QB. He's the franchise quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, and there's no doubt about it anymore. At the beginning of the season, we were thinking, like, Man, if they have another rough season, they might have to pull a, uh, mm-hmm. a Cardinals here, go Rose and Kyler, maybe Baker, someone else. But I think that Baker is 100% the future of the Cleveland Browns. Camden, do you have any takes on the Browns as their season comes to an end? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think especially, you know, with the history that the Browns have, have had for the past, you know, 18 years, I think just getting to this point is just such a, an amazing accomplishment as itself. And then you throw in, you know, being in the game against the Chiefs in the playoffs, even though Mahomes was out, you're still in the game. Uh, I think, you know, they just, you know, a couple plays could have could have changed the game, obviously. A couple couple more catches for more yards from Jarvis Landry would have helped them out. A couple more carries, you know, Nick Chubb only had 13, Kareem Hunt only had six. So I think, you know, just a couple more couple more plays to go their way and like you said you know I think Stefanski just you know kind of got away from from what he wanted to do you know and what he was doing the 
earlier in the season, and I think a lot of people also don't realize, you know, a lot of people don't know who Chad Henney is a lot, you know, <laughs> at all, really. I, I, had, I was shocked he, when he came in. He's been in the league as a backup for so long, and he's been, he's been in the NFL for so long. He's, he hasn't really essentially proven that he's, you know, supposed to be here, that he's like this superstar quarterback or anything. But he's proven that he can stay on NFL rosters and that, you know, he is an NFL quarterback. So I think, people, you know, I think even if Mahomes doesn't play this game, I think especially – play the next game, I think especially with the, with the firepower that the Chiefs offense has, I think, you know, obviously Chad Henney isn't Patrick Mahomes, but it's not – you know, he, he, has a, he has experience that can help him without having – Mahomes in there. Well, what does that mean for Patrick Mahomes, though? Is it like is it going to be another like Belichick Brady thing? Like, who's more important? Is it just Andy Reid who's turned him into the sensation? Because, I mean, Chad Henney had that one horrible pick, so I can't really say much here. But is Andy Reid the new? Well, he's always been kind of a mastermind. It's, I saw a stat that said he is the first coach to be the number one seed uh, in the conference. Or sorry, yeah, in the conference championship three years in a row, two times. So he did it back in, like, 2005 to 2008 with the Eagles and then doing it again with the Chiefs. And that says a lot right there about how good of a head coach you are. He was very underrated as the Eagles head coach, and I think Eagles fans regret that. Let's talk about the Eagles while we're on it. Who do we think is going to be the Eagles head coach? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of options out there right now. It's probably – Gonna end up being uh, being what's his name from New England. He was under, Josh McDaniels. Yeah, McDaniels. I feel like that's probably gonna be the way they go. I think that was one way that the Browns I thought were gonna go last year. They ended up going with Stefanski, and it obviously worked out. But I feel like the Eagles right now that that just seems to be the the favorite in Philly, and maybe not even the favorite, but that seems to be who everyone's talking about. I don't know. What do you think, Camden? Uh, I think if I'm the Eagles, I'm gonna want to bring in somebody who's very offensive minded to try to help get this offense on the right track especially with Carson Wentz you know get him back in the right state of mind and get the offense moving because the defense still has some playmakers they have Fletcher Cox Brandon Graham still there you know their corners aren't bad with you know uh, Darius Slay and Avante Maddox you know they have players on defense that that can hold it down with a weaker coaching staff but uh so I think you know maybe uh enemy the Chiefs offensive coordinator could be a good option for them to you know help especially get Carson Wentz back on track. That's the best option right there. I think Philadelphia would hate Josh McDaniels. I just think he just seems like the type of guy that Philadelphia would hate. He just doesn't – Philadelphia got to be tough, rugged. I mean, Doug Peterson kind of fit that. He was kind of like a tough, weird dude. I think Josh McDaniels is too much of like a, like a pretty boy, like from New England, Tom mm-hmm. Brady, you know. I think Philadelphia would turn on McDaniels and Wentz very quick if that was the case. Absolutely, yeah. I talk about I talked about this on my my Sixers podcast as well about Philadelphia fans. How you know they will one second be cheering you on like crazy and crazy, and then you make you know one even little mistake that isn't you know it's not detrimental, but it's not something that the fans are are proud of or or happy about. They're going to let you know about it, and that's just, that's just how Philly fans have always been. All right, let's talk about a team that Philadelphia beat earlier in the season, a big upset. Jalen Hurts' first career start against the Saints. The Saints take another loss here, even worse, possibly Drew Brees' final game in the NFL. They lose to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers 30-20. to That, it, I'm not a big Drew Brees fan, I'm going to be honest, but seeing him look back one last time out in the tunnel, 
I mean, you aren't a true NFL fan if that didn't break your heart right there. That was – you hate to see it. But I do like to see it for the Saints fans, always losing the playoffs by less than one – well, it was two scores here, but Tom Brady's just too good. But, uh, but the upcoming matchup with the Packers, a lot of things to be said about that. What, what did you guys think about the Buccaneers and Saints game? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I thought it was a great game. I thought the Saints came out and did what I thought they would do. I took them last week, and I thought that they would win this game for Drew Brees, you know, seeing as that if they lost like they did, it may be his last game. That seemed to be the talk around the league uh, the last couple weeks that if he, uh, if he lost, that it would likely be his last year. I think even if he won the Super Bowl this year, it would likely be his last year. Um, and, you know, they, they came out and looked good. I thought they were going to do really good. And then a couple picks, a couple Tom Brady uh, nice plays, and, and the Buccaneers are right back in it. And Leonard Fournette is running wild. He looked really good in this game. And, yeah, I think the Buccaneers are, are a little bit more legit than I even thought, honestly. I kind of counted them out not only because I'm a little bit of a Brady hater, but also because I wasn't sure their defense was kind of inconsistent. And in this game, their defense really showed up, especially in the second half. But, uh, you know, their defense really showed up, and I thought that was a big step for the Buccaneers in winning this game and sending them to the, or the NFC Championship, excuse me. The Buccaneers' defense looked nasty. Mm-hmm. But also Drew Brees looked really old. Yeah. He, like, he has to retire. There's, he can't pull a Brett Favre here and come out of retirement. Like, you're done, buddy. But Jameis Winston. <laughs> yes, sir. Jameis Winston going to be the future QB of the New Orleans Saints? I say he should be. I think he should be, but it'll probably, you know, Taysom, I think, you know, him and Taysom Hill will battle for it in the offseason if Breeze decides to retire. I think if Breeze doesn't decide to retire, I think, I mean, there's no way they're going to bench him. It's Drew Breeze. He's going to start no matter, you know, if he's coming out with a walker or not. But, uh, yeah, I think Hill and Winston will battle for it. So Winston's going to have to show that he can throw 56-yard passes like that consistently against good defenses as Tampa Bay showed that they can be in this game. So, It'll be interesting to see who runs quarterback next season for the for the Saints. Who do you think, Lucas? Yeah, I think that it's very interesting. I, I, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I think the one thing that's going to help uh, Jameis Winston in this quarterback battle is the fact that Taysom Hill does so much for them at other positions. You know, he and does. He's so, not that good, though. Yeah, well, I, don't <laughs> know. I, I haven't mean, been. I haven't been super impressed. A I lot was, of people hate on his receiving skills and his running skills, but I mean, the bottom line is, I mean, he's, he scores some touchdowns for him. You know, he he looks good, and whether he should be or not, they get him the ball a lot. Um, and in this game, he wasn't there to do that, and I think mm-hmm. that actually hurt their offense. He was a non-existent bit. in that game. I think he was hurt. Did he oh play? yeah, he, he was hurt. You're yeah, right. He, he was, was inactive hurt. for that. That's. Game, that, I think that's may, that may be why Jameis got that shot. Yeah. In there. That might have been designed for Taysom Hill, <laughs> but they let Jameis do it. I loved it. I love Jameis. Yeah, I knew you did. I think I saw a clip this week, and I'm not positive if uh, if he was mouthing these words, you know, in, in a. There was no sound to it, but it looked like Drew Brees was giving Jameis a hug, and it looked like he said something along the lines of, this is your team now. Oh, So I don't know. Go. I don't want to get you too excited over it, Dom, because I know you're a big Jameis backer. I know you want to see famous Jameis. He will be a Hall of Famer. That's right. Wow. He will be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> wow. All right. Just wait on it. Just wow. wait on it right now. Uh, All right. Next game, moving on. The Lamar Jackson game. The playoff game, we all knew that was coming from Lamar Jackson. The Ravens put up three points. The Buffalo Bills put up 17 points. In the cold Buffalo weather, very low-scoring game. Not the most exciting game. I was expecting a little more, I don't know, a little more pop from this game because it just had the storylines behind it. Lamar Jackson 
Josh Allen, Josh Allen drafted behind Lamar. They're both these this new breed of quarterbacks who can do do amazing things with their legs, but can also throw the ball. Well, that's just Josh Allen. I'm not I'm not saying that about Lamar Jackson. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm not I'm not impressed with Lamar Jackson right now. I think he's too overhyped. If you're the former MVP, I think you should be doing a little more for your team to put up more than three points. That's all I'm asking. If they if it would have been ten to seventeen, I wouldn't be this hard on Lamar. He did get hurt in the second half. That was rough, but you had a full half to get a touchdown on the board. Come on, Lamar. I mean. Uh- there is no touchdowns on the board, so obviously this is not an excuse for them. But Justin Tucker did mm-hmm. miss two field goals, that is which true. you never see. Yeah, by and the it, way, that was an anomaly. It was very, very windy. No, to it put was. It in. Well, but yeah. again, but that Justin is Tucker. Justin Tucker, yeah. who people are Both of them talking the right about post. the greatest kicker to ever kick a football. Yeah, and you know we never see him miss back to back. Let alone, I don't can't remember the last time I saw him miss two field goals in general. Yeah. So I mean, it was very. It was very interesting to see Justin Tucker come out and miss those. So that's why I wouldn't put Lamar completely on the blame for only having three points at halftime. Obviously, the weather was, like I said, a huge uh, factor in this game. As you saw with a lot of the deep balls, Josh Allen had one to Diggs that got carried by the wind way over his head. But, I mean, yeah, the offense for for Baltimore just – just wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't completely Lamar's fault. You know, the run game wasn't, you know, they got away from it more in the, in the towards the end of the second quarter and beginning of the second half. You know, Gus Edwards and Dobbins only had 10 carries each, and then Lamar came right behind that with nine. But so I think, yeah, getting the run, doing the run game, especially in super cold games like that, nobody wants to play the run game. So I think they could have went to that a little bit more. But I think, I mean, this was still a very very winnable game for them. Again, like I said about the Bucks game, or about the, the Bear, uh, I can't talk, the Browns game, if they just would have made a couple couple different plays that could have mm-hmm. changed the game and made it, made it a little closer and put more pressure on the Bills. Because the Bills, I mean, they didn't play a perfect game by any means. I mean, they, I don't think they had a rushing attempt the entire first half, I believe. It definitely felt which like is, it. Which is insane. The run how game they, was non-existent. And, and they uh, had 32 yards only on 16 carries, and seven of those carries were from Josh Allen. I was going to say, mm-hmm. so, yeah. <laughs> all Josh Allen. Devin Singletary had seven for 25, and T.J. Elden had two for four. So, yeah, there was not much running game for, on the Buffalo side, which we talked about last week. We said mm-hmm. the snow is probably going to help Baltimore. That's what we thought. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the weather would help Baltimore a little bit more, and they're – their running game looked all right, you know, 150 yards, but like we said, no touchdowns. And the one big play we have to talk about is the 101-yard pick six because that was no, that a play that was game. going into the end zone. Yeah, yeah. of course, it, it completely changed the game. That was Buffalo. I think it was their first or second touchdown in the game. That was only their first or second touchdown. I think it was touchdown. the second one. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that, that really spread it out because it was 10-3. It was yeah, 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 they would have mm-hmm. tied it up if yep. they would have scored on that play. Um, and then I believe Lamar was still in, right? He threw that pick and – and the whole game just changed from there, and it seemed like the Ravens were just completely out of it. Obviously, then, it changed also because of Lamar's inju- injury, but it, it just seemed like that was their one shot to keep this game close, tie it up, and you know maybe they could take over, keep that run game rolling, and, and all of a sudden, uh, Taron... Yeah, where was RG3 and Trace McSorley? Our RG3 got hurt <laughs> in the game against the Steelers. Uh, he, yeah. he was still hurt from that, and I believe Trace is still injured as well. I think he got well. hurt against the Browns yeah. Yeah, in that Monday night game. Oh, man. And I think, I think another factor in this game, definitely, it obviously doesn't change the outcome on the field, 
but I'm looking at the stat sheet here, and it says limited in-person attendance. This attendance was not limited at all. This stadium <laughs> was packed with Bills fans. Uh, they did not loud, care too. about – yeah, Bills fans are crazy as it is. So especially when they haven't gotten to come to a game in a while, and apparently COVID doesn't exist in Buffalo because that stadium <laughs> was absolutely packed. So that stadium was rumbling for them. So that was another thing that probably just, you know, put the Ravens – down and a little bit more and and had them more in an underdog mentality and you know trying to dig out of a hole that just you know the offense that couldn't get out of I think the biggest thing the biggest factor I I'm a big Lamar hater just because he's a Raven but I do think he's one of the most talented just one of the most athletic players in all of sports at the moment and what he needs right now is wide receivers Mm-hmm. Marquise Brown is okay. He could be a number two wide receiver. I don't think he's a number one wide receiver. No. And even he's if he is, for sure. mm-hmm. and even if he is though, you don't have a two three. You don't have enough depth at the wide receiver position. And maybe it's not just Lamar making bad throws. Maybe it's just his wide receivers bad routes. I don't know. Making, I don't know. I don't think it's all Lamar. I think he'd be a stud if he had someone. Like some of these guys have uh, uh, the the teams remaining. You got the, one of the Buccaneers. You got Mike Evans, Godwin, Packers. You got Devontae Adams, Chiefs. You got Tyreek Hill. The Bills. You got Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. You need a solid wide. You need at least one great wide receiver, especially with a quarterback as talented as Lamar. That I think should be the focus in the off season or in the draft for the Baltimore Ravens. I think they even recognize that because. They had that last-ditch effort to, you know, sign Des Bryant. And he ended up having two touchdowns this season. But still, I mean, he's Des Bryant. He's yeah. been out of the league for, what, three, four years now? Yeah. You know, it, he, he was a very elite receiver when he was in his prime. I think he's a little bit past his prime now. Sure. And when you look at this game, I mean, Marquise Brown had four catches for 87 yards, which isn't terrible. Your next highest yardage uh, for, for a receiver is J.K. Dobbins out of the backfield. Yeah. He had three just... catches and 51 yards. I mean, they have a good tight end, Mark Andrews, but he's been a little spotty this year. He hasn't been as consistent as I would have liked to see him. Um, and then, I mean, uh, Willie Sneed, Miles Boykin, Des Bryant, they just don't have enough weapons no. on the outside mm-hmm. to, to be able to compete through the air, and I think that's really going to hurt them, and I think you're exactly right. That's, that's got to be their focus in the offseason. You give Lamar, Julio Jones, or DK Metcalf, mm-hmm. and then he's got uh, J.K. Dobbins in the backfield. That would be yeah. the scariest team in the NFL because their defense is pretty good too. Uh-huh. The Ravens' defense really came together at the end of the season. Yeah, but when you hold a team to 17 points in a playoff game, you know that's enough to to be able to win mm-hmm. a game if your offense is on. And they really especially held when, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Six, yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk about the best defense or what the number one defense in the NFL was: the Los Angeles Rams <laughs> to the Green Bay Packers, 32 to 18. The Packers' offense is unstoppable. They roll right through the Rams. Devontae Adams just manhandles uh, Jalen Ramsey. Aaron Rodgers is just the greatest of all time. I'm convinced after the last game that he is the, the best quarterback to ever walk the planet. Not, not just with his arm, but he can sometimes do it with his feet. We saw it in that game, that little pump fake. That was nasty. No one, no one saw that coming. He throws the football better than anybody in the league, even while he's moving up in age. I don't, I, I don't think anyone can stop the Packers right now. I think they're going to roll through the Buccaneers. They're going to roll into the Super Bowl. They might roll through the Chiefs or the Bills. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at their their receiving core, and you, we all we, we uh, excuse me, we always talk about Devonte Adams, and he had nine catches, sixty six yards in this game. But they've got other weapons. Alan Lazard's a good receiver. He's, good. He's really coming into his own. Robert Tanyan, a good red, uh, young tight end, who is another great big big target. He's kind of a, a new uh, George Kittle type tight end. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scandling, I think he's a really good receiver as well. Who people don't talk about enough. He he gets a lot of targets from uh, from. From Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he had eight targets in this game. He only had four catches. But Rodgers, not only is he one of the best physical quarterbacks of all time, maybe the best with his feet and his arm and his mind, but he does have weapons on this team. You know, mm -hmm. in the offseason, we talked about why would they draft Jordan Love? They need some receivers. I think they have receivers actually, because I mean, yeah. and uh, of course, Aaron Rodgers can make just about any receiver here's, look good. Here's but. my theory on why they drafted Jordan Love to get him fired up. That. <laughs> Yeah, chip on That's the shoulder. Right. We talked yeah. about it earlier in yeah. the year, yeah. And it worked. Yeah. yeah. It was just Aaron Rodgers is at a different level right now. He's the best quarterback in the game by far, in my opinion. And I think you're looking at the receivers as well. You have to look at this bat, how this backfield's playing right now as well. Obviously, you have Aaron Jones, but now they're they're running almost a three-headed monster where you got Jamal Jamal Williams, who you got from the Chiefs mm -hmm. uh, after he was cut with Le'Veon Bell taking his job over there. And then you got uh, the young guy, A.J. Dillon, as well. Uh, Corey Dillon, former Bengals son. You know, he is, he, he is balling for them as well. So, uh, you know, a good run game can, can obviously open up the pass game as well. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, Aaron Rodgers definitely has a chip on his shoulder. And he's, you know, he's showing he can still, still play, in this, play in this league at a, at a very high level. And, I mean, when you, uh, obviously when you have a receiver like Devontae Adams, you know, I think that just makes his job about ten times easier. Because mm -hmm. you saw on that goal line pass what Devontae Adams did to the man who calls himself the best corner in the league, Jalen Ramsey. Well, I he mean, is. He froze he is him. the best frozen. I, can you say that after this game? Yeah, I still can. Nah. He got burnt on that last yeah, route there at the end of the game. And then that goal line – I mean, he stats, got though, he, all one is, the goal line ones. He shouldn't have pretty tough on him. I mean, it, it was emotion all the way across. It was man the coverage. Were tough. So yeah, he but. he he came across in the man coverage on Devonte Adams, and then Devonte Adams turned it back real quick. So De, so Jalen Ramsey should have stayed over on the left side on whatever receiver that was over there, and then whoever that safety was, Hill, I think his name is for for the Rams, should have stayed over there, and then would have been right there when Devonte Adams already got back to the right side. Right I, when he turned around, Jalen Ramsey shouldn't have, shouldn't have never came back. I still think because he would have already been burnt, and then the safety wasn't prepared for it. I still think he's the best cornerback in the game, though, because today's game is so like the rules are so favored to wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Like there's no Darrell Revis anymore, just because of how rules have changed. But Jalen Ramsey is the closest thing to that, especially the way he's held down a bunch of number one receivers this year. I think he held Stephon Diggs to like one or two receptions, two games with the Seahawks. He held. Metcalf to like six or five receptions all like very little yards he's doing things that just cornerbacks really can't or that you just don't see much anymore of but if you're going to consider yourself the best then you got to be able to stop the best on the other side sometimes and when the, the best on the other side gets nine receptions for 66 yards and a touchdown which again isn't a lot for Devontae Adams but in a playoff game you know with the best you hold. quarterback in the league possibly the best wide receiver in the league at home in Lambeau, where the fans were going crazy there too. They had a pretty nice stadium. 
it's tough, and you can't you can't win every matchup. I still think. Well, who else? Who do you think would be the best cornerback in the league? There's just I mean, no other answer. He's. I mean, I'm not hating on Jalen Ramsey at all. He's definitely I think you're a big top. Like hating no, on Jalen Ramsey at all. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not hating on Jalen Ramsey. I just don't think he's he's the the best. You know, I think you got to look at. You know, there's some guys who are. You know, making it like you know, obviously, and there's guys who who had down years, but we still know what they're capable of. Like Stephon Gilmore, you still can't take him out of that conversation. No, yeah, nah, for sure, I I don't think so. I think that the corner position every year is just so up and down because there's so many guys who strive in one system and then don't, and then you know, it depends what they face every week. That's why I feel like every new year, or excuse me, every year there's a new corner who it's like, oh, this guy's a top lockdown corner in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, the last couple of years, it's been Xavier Howard. I mean, and it depends also the way they use him. The way they use Xavier Howard is he he's in a lot of positions to turn or to get turnovers. And that's why he always leads the league in interceptions. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is a lockdown corner. He's a one-on-one guy. So, you know, it's kind of up and down. It's hard to be consistent at the corner position. And I think that but he has the fact, been. yeah, the, the fact that they can put him as a one-on-one guy, a lockdown corner, one-on-one against uh, DK Metcalf, against Devontae Adams, that alone proves that they trust him to be best on best. So I think whether or not the numbers will show it, I think that corner is one of those positions where it's really hard to look at statistics. You look at Darrell Rivas's statistics. They weren't really that good because people didn't throw at him. Yeah. They knew, oh, Darrell Rivas is on the right side. He's on the boundary. We're not going to – that guy's out. He's out of the play. We're going to throw to the left. We're going to look over here. I, I think that corner is one of the hardest positions to mm-hmm. look at because you can't look at numbers because, you know, maybe you don't get thrown at as much. Maybe the receivers aren't as good. Maybe the run game. There's so many other factors that, that go into a good corner playing a good game that it is hard to rank them. But when you look at what Jalen Ramsey does – the fact that he's one-on-one against Devontae Adams and DK Metcalf and then does consistently hold them in man-on-man positions to six catches or something pretty low, I think mm-hmm. that alone puts him in the conversation at least. I'm not going to say whether he's the number one or not or whether he's the best corner, whether he's the worst corner like Camden's saying. Okay. But, <laughs> but, look bad. but it is hard, you know. But, yeah, and he's definitely in the conversation I just think a about, defensive player. Just think about, like, Malcolm Butler. Like, people were calling him the yeah, greatest exactly. quarterback. And, like, ever since that one moment mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl, he's kind of been non-existent. He's kind of – the only pe- reason people, like, talk about him is usually because he's getting, like, bullied on the field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tarek Henry, Chase Claypool. Yeah, that's right. In the face. Yeah, I mean, you can look back every year. It seems like there's someone who one year people are talking about him as a very good corner, and then the next year – that people are like, oh, that guy stinks. You look at Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden was the highest-paid corner at one point for the Browns, and then we cut him a year later because he got burnt. We talked about this earlier. People are like, how could you cut Joe Hayden? Like, now he's playing for the Steelers. Oh, he's trash. Yeah, you watch the highlights. (laughs) People, There was a Calvin Johnson highlight or something, and he caught, like, three touchdowns on Joe Hayden, like, all on Joe Hayden. And I was like, that's why we cut him. He stunk that year. Like, I don't even blame him. Whether he did bounce back, and I think he's now he a really good player for yeah. the Steelers. But, yeah, like, you look at the corner position, people are so up and down, it's really hard to rank the corners yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of people don't understand that corner is probably the hardest position to play, oh, yeah. especially at the pro level. With the you rules. Know, and yeah, and all yeah. of that. And, and then, you know, just physically alone. Yeah. And the rules stacked and, against yeah. you. And then, you know, obviously when you're going against a guy like Devontae Adams, you know, covering him one-on-one is going to be, is going to be very difficult. And then – 
corner is not like a position, you know, like quarterback where, you know, as you age, as you know, you lose speed and stuff, you're able to, to still compete. Once you, once you start to lose athleticism and stuff at the corner position, you know, you're going to be a lot less, less valuable. You know, you're not going to be as usable in man coverage. You're going to be in a lot of flats, a lot of zones. So, you know, it's, there's a lot of give and take at the corner position, like you guys said. All right. That wraps up our talk about the division round. Actually, one more thing. Aaron Donald was just not playing at all in that game. I think that was a huge factor. Well, he was hurt as well. He has a rib injury, so that's one thing yeah, you have to look at. But, again, if I'm going to use the same I logic mean, as Jalen Ramsey, if you're going to call yourself the best, mm-hmm. you got to be able to back that I mean, up Jared yeah. through everything. And, Jared yeah. Goff is out there with a the broken thumb in the yeah. frozen tundra of Buffalo, New York. <laughs> Come on, Aaron Donald. Bring back. What did I say? Buffalo. Buffalo. You're getting your uh, uh, conferences crossed. Uh, it's all right. You cut. You're good. Cut that good. one out. I was doing the same thing. Did you hear Gronk this week? There uh, was a uh, locker room post game video of him, and I think it was Leonard Fournette, or no, it was uh, it was White, the linebacker, and he said, "Yeah, how do you think? How are you feeling?" Like you know, he said, "Yeah, we're going to the AFC Championship." Oh, I did see. So we're in the NFC now. He's like, "Oh my bad." You know, he's so used to you so used to playing for the Patriots. Uh, so, you know, he gets them mixed up. So yeah, no, it, it, I don't blame you at all, Dom. You're all right. All right. Let's talk about the championship games here now that all our teams are officially out of the playoffs who lucas since your your team's the most recent exit out of the playoffs who are you rooting for to win the super bowl at this point i mean out of the afc i've said it all year i think the kansas city chiefs are going to be a repeat super bowl winners but do you want Um, them to win do i want them to win to win see that's the thing is all these all four of these teams i have a good reason to root for like i like all four of these teams josh allen He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. I've said it many times. Uh, Kansas City, they're one of the most uh, explosive offenses to watch. And, and Patrick Mahomes, when, it all, when, when it's all said and done, is going to be one of the greatest of all time in all of sports, in my opinion, not just in football, in all of sports. I think he's going to be a guy that transcends mm-hmm. football. And, you know, he go, makes, you know, he's one of, anytime they talk about who's the greatest in sports, he's, he's going to be in that conversation 20 years down the road yeah, when his career's over. Uh, Green Bay, you can't not root or you can't root against Aaron Rodgers right now. Almost, you know, he's having an MVP type season, and he's however many years into the league after they draft a quarterback to almost replace him. And then we talked about it. He comes in with that chip on his shoulder. He has an insane season. Tom Brady, as much as I don't like him and I don't really like the Buccaneers that much, you almost have to cheer for him. Seven rings, like that's amazing. Yeah. All four of these teams, whoever wins it, you almost can't be upset. There's a reason. Every team should be there. There's a reason every team you can you can find something about all four of these teams that you like. So it's hard to root against any of these teams. I feel like Tampa Bay is the only one that I don't want to see win just because I'm not a big Brady fan. And and even if he did win, it, it would still be like, well, wow, like yeah. I didn't really want it to happen, but I got <laughs> to see a I guy feel. win seven rings. That's I was thinking like the same thing. Like people hate on Tom Brady, me included, but he's really like the greatest athlete that we have ever seen, probably we will ever see. Mm-hmm. Like, there's LeBron James, but there's, like, Michael Jordan debates. Like, but Tom Brady is the greatest football player of all time. He, he's the most – he's the winningest quarterback of all time, and it, he proved it even here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's, like, he's going to be immortalized. Like, he's Babe Ruth, Muhammad Ali. Like, I think he's up there with him, and we got to appreciate greatness while he's still around. So – but I also agree with you that the Buccaneers would be my least favorite team to win just because he does win so much. I do appreciate yeah. the greatness. You want to but see someone new almost, yeah. I, I want to see – if I have to root for one, I'm, it'd have to be the Packers. 
it's so hard. You're right. Like yeah. Packers, Chiefs, Bills. Like I, I would be happy. Yeah, all for three any of those of them. teams you can't root against. Almost. Yeah, but if I gotta pick one, I, I'm gonna say the Packers. I like Aaron Rodgers a lot right now. I want Rodgers to win at least two. That would be uh, some men his legacy. And I feel like he's deserved another one. Yeah. What about you, Ken? Yeah, if I had to root for one, I mean, I, like you said, Lucas, you know, there's not a team here that everybody universally wants eliminated except yeah. for fans of that team. Like for, for how many years, you know, people just wanted to see the Patriots out of the playoffs except for people who called themselves Patriots fans. But here I think, you know, there's, you know, it's four likable teams except for people who hate Tom Brady. So uh, I'm, a, I'm rooting for the Packers for, like you said, I mean, I want to see Aaron Rodgers finish out this legendary season with, with a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP thrown on top of that as well. Uh, and I think he can definitely, you know, beat the beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers here. I think Tom Brady's going to have to get it back on track he, and, and find his receivers because in the Saints game, you know, he threw 18 for 33, which isn't awful. It won him the game, but he, he, he wasn't finding his receivers. You know, Antonio Brown had one reception. Mike Evans had one reception. Uh, Chris Godwin only had four for 34 yards. Gronk, you know, he might try to find him a little more. He only had one reception. So I think, you know, Tom Brady is obviously going to make this a game. It's Tom Brady. Uh, but, yeah, I'm rooting for the Packers. Uh, I won't be mad, you know, if the Chiefs pull it out. I like Mahomes, you know, if he is cleared from protocol and is able to play this game. Uh, I mean, I'm not the biggest Josh Allen fan, but I'm not a Josh Allen hater. So It's a great I, story, though, like the Buffalo Bills losing yeah. the three Super Bowls in a row and then – yeah. Making the playoffs for the first time in forever with the young stud. Yeah. And just first it a playoff run. win since '95, and they take it all the way. It's a great story, for sure. Yeah. Um, and my then, other reason for rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs, by the way, is you know they beat the Browns, so now they mm-hmm. better win it. That's true. If you're gonna lose, you want to lose uh-huh. to the to the Super Bowl champs. So. I, have, I have another reason for why I'd want the Chiefs to win. Andy Reid, just to give it to the Philadelphia fans one more time <laughs> for realizing what they could have had. They yeah, could have had all of this, right. but nope. Um, all right, let's talk about the spreads on this game. Packers, three-point favorites versus the Buccaneers. The over-under is 51-and-a-half. For the over-under, that one's I think that one's pretty solid where the number's at. I would go – I just want this to be an over game. I want this to be back and mm-hmm. forth. Rodgers, Brady, just going back and forth. This is the stuff that dreams are made of, a conference championship, possibly the two greatest quarterbacks of all time, history in the making – this coming weekend. So I'm going to go, but I'm going to go with the over 51 and a half and then Packers minus three because I think the Packers offense is unstoppable, even with how good the Buccaneers defense looked last week. Yeah, I'd have to agree, especially if you're going to take the over 51 and a half. I think if it's the over, the Packers are going to win because yeah. I think these two offenses are both explosive. The Buccaneers, we keep talking about how many weapons they have. Um, and the Packers, but I, I just think Tom Brady right now, he can't keep up physically with Aaron Rodgers. So I think if, if it's the over, the Packers are definitely going to win. If it's the under, though, I think the Buccaneers could win. Uh, I'm not saying if it's an under for sure the Buccaneers are going to win, but I think they have more of a shot if it's under that 51 and a half. Um, I'm going to take the over as well because I am just going to hope for a shootout game. That will be a, an awesome thing to see. And, uh, and I'm also going to take the Packers minus three because, like I said, if it's a shootout, I think the Packers are going to outshoot the Buccaneers. I saw a stat this week that uh, it was like Aaron Rodgers against all teams, however many touchdowns, three interceptions, and then against the Buccaneers this season, no touchdowns and two interceptions. 
So in that game, yeah, the Buccaneers right. kind of had his number. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers makes the same mistake twice. So that's why I'm going with the Packers here. What about you, Kevin? Uh, yeah, I think this will definitely be the over. Uh, if we see the Buccaneers not come out and play defense like they did last week against New Orleans, you know, as we've seen all season, uh, Bruce Arians, you know, York County native, has had the <laughs> has had the Bucks defense up and down. You know, it hasn't been, you know, top tier for for as, as long in the season as they've wanted it to be. It's been very shaky. So you know, if they can come out and and even just give you know, Aaron Rodgers a little trouble, and they definitely have the playmakers to do it. I mean, Sean Murphy Bunting's got interceptions in back-to-back games here in the playoffs. You know, they have they have a, a defensive front who can hold that three-headed monster in the backfield for Green Bay, you know, at at bay. So I think, you know, if they, you know, if, Buccane- if Tampa Bay comes out and, and plays solid defense like they did last week, I think this could be the under, but I think, you know, like what we've seen with Green Bay's offense so far this season, I think, you know, this will definitely hit the over. All right, the consensus pick, Packers minus three, over 51 and a half. Might have to put a little parlay action on that this weekend now that I'm 21. Remember, this isn't a get, uh, an ad for gambling. We just like talking about these lines, giving you our takes on them. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLERS. These odds are from FanDuel Sportsbook, January 20th. 2021. Okay, AFC Championship. By the way, if I if I could say something real quick about oh, the yeah. NFC Championship, that's not very good that we all consensusly took that because the last two weeks we took the, we took the Bills to blow out the the Colts that didn't cover, mm-hmm. and then last week we took the Rams to keep it close against yeah. the Packers. But that didn't also, cover. I think we also all took Browns plus ten. Yeah, that's right. That well, did you, well, you technically well, yeah you yeah, did yeah, it under the table, but but. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it could go either way. I think we'll. I think we got this one though. All right, AFC Championship: Chiefs minus three, over under fifty three and a half. This one's very similar to the last one. I. I'd like to see the over again. I think this is what the fans want to see. The under is so boring. You don't want to root for teams to not score. I want to root for these teams to go back and forth, put a ton of points on board, and that's exactly what I think will happen. So I go with the over fifty three and a half. The over's hitting this weekend, folks. And then Chiefs versus Bills, minus three, plus three. Mm. Oh, man. With Patrick Mahomes taking that, I, he has to have a concussion. Like, you just don't stand up like that. Even if Mahomes ends up playing this game, he's not 100%. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, yeah. can, he can pass the protocol and, and be cleared to play, and he can play this game, but that doesn't mean he's going to be – perfect Patrick Mahomes fully healthy that we've seen all season so even if he passes the protocol they're going to still have to see how he goes through practice how he's feeling mentally and physically and see if he's going to start this game because this is the AFC championship championship game so if he's not at his best he you know and especially when you have a chance to go play in the Super Bowl in two weeks where in those two weeks he would probably be healed up enough to be able to to give it his his best go so I think you know right now you know, with the information that we know, we'll probably see Chad Henney in this game. So, so that'll definitely put a hinder in both the over and under and possibly the spread in this game as well. I'm still going to take the over because I think even with Chad Henney, the Chiefs will be able to find ways to get points on board with that offense. But I'm going to take the Bills plus three. But I'm also going to say the Chiefs win this game. I could see this being a three-point game, this being a push. But I, I think it's going to be a very close game. I hope it's a very close game. 
So I'm going to go with the Bills plus three, Chiefs to win over 53 and a half. What about you, Lucas? Uh, yeah, I mean, we talk about Chad Henney possibly stepping in, and I think the one interesting thing that you uh, touched on earlier was, you know, Chad Henney won that game, and, and it's interesting to see, is this going to be like a, a Brady and Belichick moment where is it Patrick Mahomes or is it Andy Reid? I think the difference is, though, that they have a crazy amount of weapons. And the Patriots all those years, everyone always talks about how Tom Brady really did a lot with not that many weapons. So I think the difference here is that there can be another quarterback to step in uh, for Patrick Mahomes. And obviously they're, they're not going to run it as smoothly. He's, I doubt Chad Henney's going to be rolling backwards and throw a 40-yard throw down the field to Tyreek Hill. I just don't think he has that physically that Patrick Mahomes has. But I think that this offensive uh, playbook and I think that the weapons they have can still put up a lot of points, whether it's Patrick Mahomes or Chad Henney in there. Uh, so I'm going to take the over at 53-and-a-half, also because I think both of these defenses can score. I, I wouldn't be surprised mm -hmm. to see one, maybe two defensive scores in this game. I like game. that. I think the Bills' secondary, they have a nose for the football, as we saw against the Ravens, and I think they can take it back. And I think the Chiefs do, too, with uh, Tyron Matthew. I mean, you can never mm -hmm. count him out once he gets the ball in his hand. That's one of the his best hands. trades Oh, for sure. In the last five years. Yeah. Like, he's I, I really turned around the defense for the Chiefs. Yeah, I think that's a huge pickup for them. So, I'm going to take the over as well because I like defenses being able to score. And I wanted to take the Bills plus three, but I wasn't really positive. I'm going to end up taking the Chiefs minus three, though. Um, I think, unfortunately, as much as I want to root for the Bills, because I do love Bills Mafia, I do love Josh Allen, I love Stephon Diggs. He's one of my favorite receivers in the league right now. And maybe of all time, honestly, I'm just a huge Stephon Diggs fan. For a while, my background on my phone was him <laughs> tossing the helmet after the Minnesota oh, Miracle. Yeah. It's still, I think it's my Xbox gamer picture right now, <laughs> gamer profile picture. So, you know, I just love him. Um, and as much as I want to root for the Bills, I got to say the Chiefs are going to pull this one out and probably go back to back. I've been saying it all year, so I can't go back on it now. So I'm going to take the Chiefs minus three and the over of 53 and a half. What about you, Cameron? Uh, I'm going to agree with Lucas. I'm going to take minus three for the Chiefs, but I'm going to take the under, under 53.5. Uh, I think, you know, if we see Chad Henney in this game, it's going to be, you know, even though we talk about the weapons that the Chiefs have, they're going to to definitely want to control the clock, you know, try to take as much time off of it as possible, you know, keep Chad Henney from throwing the ball as little as they possibly can. So I think this is going to definitely be, you know, a coaching battle between Andy Reid and Sean McDermott, you know, who can outcoach each other. Mm -hmm. And like we talked about how good Andy Reid is. So Sean McDermott's going to have to uh, prove that he, he can outcoach Andy Reid. And I think the Bills, you know, with the Chiefs, you know, trying to control the clock and, and you know, keep the ball game from, from being, having to be made by Chad Henney, you know, with their lack of run game, they're going to have to be perfect every time they get the ball to be able to, one, hit the over at 53.5 and to be able to win the game as, mm -hmm. you know, they, they've proven in the playoffs and almost all season that they can't run the ball, and now we're seeing that they're not even going to attempt to. They're just going to throw the ball. So I think, you know, they're going to have to be perfect. You know, they're not going to have to make any mistakes. And like you said, you know, I think this is going to be, you know, if the Chiefs can make one big defensive play, you know, it's just going to be able to, to put Chad Henney in a spot where all he's got to do is control the game and, and be able to – to keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands to be able to win this game. Yeah, I think this one's going to be all about momentum. But these conference championship games are tasty. I'm super excited for them. I know everyone listening to this will be watching those games, so let us know what you think. Tell us if you disagree with our picks on Twitter. Go give us a follow while you're at it, at North Shore Pod.
to stay updated on everything with the podcast. And stay tuned for episode 15, the big Super Bowl preview and the crossover with the Pro Bowl. No, I'm kidding. We are not talking about the Pro Bowl. You'll never catch me dead talking about that. The Madden Pro Bowl. How could you not be excited for it, Dom? I don't know what you're uh, talking I'm about. Just, I don't, I'd rather watch Nickelodeon football. Oh, I think everyone would rather watch Nickelodeon football. We need a Super Bowl. I was going to say, why isn't, it on the, why isn't yep. the Super Bowl on Nickelodeon? Mm-hmm. You guys have anything else to say for this episode? No, I think we hit it all in the head. I'm excited to see, you know, what happens in these games. I think it's going to be two good ones. Lucas, what about yourself? Uh, I didn't get to talk about the Browns too much this episode, so, you know, just RIP to this spectacular season. It's a new Um, era. That's right. It's a new era. You won the Cleveland Super Bowl last week. (laughs) That's right. In Pittsburgh. What more could we ask for? I mean, I I saw a couple tweets this week, and I, I think the best one that summed it up was, you know, over these last four months, the Browns give us a lot to cheer for in a time where, you know, there, mm-hmm. there hasn't been too much to cheer for in this past year. So mm-hmm. you got to thank them for that. And, uh, and I think everyone in Cleveland's looking forward to this new era. And, uh, you know, all season, I kind of questioned Baker Mayfield. And right now, he's our guy. And I'm mm-hmm. fully on him right now. Mm-hmm. I got a Baker Mayfield jersey now. Got a little, or it's like a jersey shirt. And, uh, and I'm, I'm going to wear it with some pride. So, there you go. Baker, you're our guy. Let's keep it rolling. Browns fans, let's look forward to the future. We will be back hopefully, and, uh, you know, maybe we can just keep crushing some Steelers' dreams in the coming years. And And, uh, that's about it, though, but, yeah. And a quick little thank you to the Pittsburgh Steelers for firing offensive coordinator Randy (laughs) Fickner. That's right, we didn't get to talk about your best friend. Hey, that's all right. We don't need to talk about him too much. We'll never say his name again on this podcast, but we'll be looking forward to these Brown-Steelers matchups next year. But next week we'll be back with the Super Bowl preview, so stay tuned for that. Follow us on Twitter to stay updated. Thank you very much for listening and have a great night. Uh, was Lydia real? Pittsburgh. Where legends are told. Pittsburgh. The city of steel. Pittsburgh. Who go in the gold? Pittsburgh. Girls giving me digits, I'm crossing the bridges, it always be cold. Pittsburgh. I red, black, and yellow cause they never fold. We're nothing like you, the foreign and two. The rages are lit and pit. The, the people don't quit. The bird, the bird. I'm copping new drip, legit. The bird. I'm dropping this hit. Yes, we'll send when I'm repping Big Ben, I ain't repping no bird. They treat us like third, our talent deserves to be heard. School rap on the track, what's the word? I mean, what is there to say? Look at that beautiful city view. I don't care what you look like, you dress like you act like you wait with the bird, I ain't into you. I be putting in work and I don't have a weakness, can't answer that question in interviews. I'm here for PA, not assistant, no dummy. I love it here, really. My life is so funny and know this ain't Philly, it'd always be sunny. This city got dreams and I want me the money. I'm not hitting licks like the kids do for tricks, but I'm sick like the bunny. My nose getting money, I'm rich like a mummy. The girls call me honey, this city is lovely, I wish I knew mad. Sign me a deal. You're just playing like women be playing my feels. Eating this rap like a meal. What's Lydia and Re-